Story nine of A Mirror of Shalott by Robert Hugh Benson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story nine, Mr. Bosanquet's Tale. I think that it was on the second Sunday evening that Father Brent brought in his guest. There was a function of some kind at San Silvestro. I forget the occasion. A cardinal had given benediction, and a reception was to follow at any rate there were only three of us at home the german father brent and myself of course we talked of our symposium and the guest a middle-aged layman seemed to listen with interest but he did not say very much he was a brown-bearded man he ate slowly and deliberately and i must confess that i was not particularly impressed with him neither did father brent try to draw him out i noticed that he looked at him questioningly once or twice but he did not actually express his thought till after a little speech from father stein but it is a little tiresome to me said the german this talk of footsteps and voices and visions if that world in which we believe is spiritual as we know it is how is it that it presents itself to us under material images these things are but appearances but what is the reality father brent turned to his friend well he said what now mr bosanquet smiled and became grave again over his pastry you will repeat it then persisted the priest the englishman looked up for an instant and i met his grave eyes if these gentlemen really wish it he said briefly father brent sighed with satisfaction that is excellent he said and then he explained mr bosanquet had a story it seemed but had entirely refused to relate it to a mixed company he had had a certain experience once which had changed his life and it was not an experience to be described at random there was no ghost in it it was wholly unsensational but it had father brent thought a peculiar interest of its own he had persuaded his friend to sup with us knowing that we should be but few and hoping that the atmosphere might be found favourable this was the gist of what he was saying but he was interrupted by the entrance of beppo with the coffee shall we have coffee upstairs he said then we rose and went upstairs it was a few minutes before we settled down and mr bosanquet seemed in no hurry to begin but a silence fell presently and finally the young priest leaned forward now bosanquet he said mr bosanquet set his cup down crossed his legs and began he spoke in a very quiet unemotional voice my friend has told you that this experience of mine is unsensational in a manner of speaking he is right it is unsensational since it deals with nothing other than that which we must all go through sooner or later but i think it has a certain interest from the fact that it is an experience of which except under very peculiar circumstances none of us will ever be able to give an account it concerns the act of dying he paused for a moment yes the act of dying he repeated for i firmly believe that that is precisely what i did i passed the point on which death is dogmatically declared by the doctors to have taken place i underwent that is what is called legal death but i did not of course reach that further state called somatic death father brent voiced my question please explain he said oh well um, the body as we know consists of cells but there is a certain unity usually identified with the vital principle which merges these into one entity so that if one member suffer all the members suffer with it legal death is when this vital principle leaves the body 
the lungs cease to act the heart is motionless but when this has taken place there yet remains a further stage the cells for a certain period have a kind of life of their own there is no vital union between them the nerve system is suspended and somatic death marked by the rigor mortis the stiffening of the cells indicates the moment when the cells too even individually cease to live but the man is dead doctors tell us sometimes many hours before rigor mortis sets in in fact in the case of some of the saints rigor mortis appears never to have set in at all their limbs we are told retain softness and elasticity there is no corruption at least in the ordinary sense father stein grunted and nodded in my case pursued the englishman i was declared dead and as i learned afterwards remained in that state about half an hour it was after my body had been washed and the face bound up that i returned to life i sat up in my chair at that at least he was explicit enough he glanced at me i can show you my death certificate if you care to come to my hotel to-morrow he said i obtained it from the doctor uh, cancelled however you understand well this is what took place the cause of death was exhaustion following upon angina pectoris with other complications i will spare you the details and begin at once at the point at which i was declared to be dying up to that point i had suffered extraordinary agony tempered by morphia i did not know that such pain was possible at the moments of the spasms before each injection took effect it seemed to me that i did not suffer pain so much as become pain there was no room for anything else but pain then there came the beginning of the dullness of it it retired and stood off from me i was still conscious of it as of a storm passing away till all sank into a kind of peace then after a long while as it seemed the dullness lifted and i came up again to the surface becoming aware of the world though of course this bore a certain aspect of unreality owing to the effects of the drug well i said i would leave all that out the last time i came up i knew i was dying it was all quite different things no longer bore that close relation to me that they had had before i opened my eyes just enough to let me see my hands lying out on the counterpane and the hillock of my feet and even the lower part of the brass supports at the end of my bed but i could not raise my eyelids higher and almost immediately i closed them again the sense of touch too was changed once or twice when i have been falling asleep in my chair i have noticed the same phenomenon i could not tell by feeling unless i moved them whether my fingers rested on the counterpane or not i did move them then with that curious clawing motion that dying people use simply in order to realize my relations with material surroundings that of course as i know now is the reason of those motions it is not an involuntary contraction of the muscles it is the will trying to get back into touch with the world but the sense of hearing oddly enough was almost preternaturally acute others undergoing anesthetics have told me the same it is the last sense to leave them and the first to return i could hear a continual minute series of sounds not at all painfully loud but absolutely distinct there was my sister's breathing irregular and uneven beside me i knew by it that she was trying not to break down 
i could hear four timepieces ticking her watch and the doctor's and that of the travelling clock over the fire and the dutch clock in the hall below then there were the country sounds in the distance and the breeze and the creepers outside my window with regard to taste and smell they were there a kind of sour sweetness if i may say so but they did not interest me they were below my level if i may express it like that well i said just now that i knew i was dying it was as if through all my being there was a steady smooth retirement from the world i was perfectly able to reflect in fact i reflected as i have never been able before or since do you know the sensation of coming down from town and sitting out in the darkness after dinner in the garden the silence after the clatter and glare of london makes it possible seems to let the mind free one is both alert and reflective both at once one's thoughts are the immediate object of one's contemplation it was rather like that only far more pronounced and in that freedom from the presence of matter i realized perfectly what was happening now i must tell you at once that i was not at all frightened my religion seemed to stand off from me with the rest of the world i had been up to that time what may be called a conventional believer i had never doubted exactly for i always realized that it was absurd for me to criticize what was so obviously the highest standard of morality and faith i mean christianity but neither was i particularly interested i had lived like other people i attended church i repeated my prayers and i had conventional views of heaven with which was mixed up a good deal of agnosticism in a word i think i may say that i had hope but not faith not faith that is as you catholics seem to have it this was the first hint i had had that mr bosanquet was not a catholic and i glanced up at father brent he too glanced at me in a half-warning half-suggestive look i understood i was not frightened then continued the other tranquilly my religion as i see now was altogether bound up with the world even my thoughts went no further than images i conceived of heaven as in a picture of our lord as a superhuman man of death as of a swift passage through the air we are all bound of course by our limitations to do that but i had not realized the inadequacy of such images i conceived of eternity and spiritual existence in terms of time and space and i had not really even as much faith as that of the agnostic who recognizes that these are inadequate and therefore foolishly believes that the reality is unknowable though in one sense indeed it is once more the german priest murmured and i saw now why this man had been encouraged to tell his story well then he continued when the world retired from me with the approach of death my religion retired naturally with it that seems to me so obvious now and i was left moving swiftly inwards if i may express it so towards a state of which i was completely ignorant i was dying as i suppose animals die i never lost self-consciousness for a moment as a rule of course one realizes self-consciousness as philosophers tell us by self-differentiation from what is not self the baby learns it gradually by touching and looking the dying lose it by ceasing to touch and see or rather they lose that mode of realizing it and enter into themselves instead 
it is a transcendent kind of self-consciousness different altogether i had then a vague kind of anxiety but i was perfectly peaceful i had no particular remembrance of sins no faith or love or hope nothing but a sense of extreme naturalness if i may express it so it seemed as if i had known all this all along as a stone thrown into the air would if it had consciousness realize the inevitability of its curve as it neared the earth i was to die well that was the corollary of having lived well this inevitable movement inwards went on as it seemed to me very swiftly each instant that i applied my consciousness it seemed to me as if i had gone a great way since the previous instant the only thing that astonished me was the distance there was to travel it was a sensation how shall i express it a sensation of sinking swiftly into an inner depth of which i had not guessed the extent i wondered in a complacent half curious kind of way as to what exactly would be the end how things would be visualized when i passed finally from the body and such things as i pictured i pictured of course in terms of time and space i i, I thought my essential self whatever that was would at a certain moment pass a certain line and emerge on the other side and there things would be rather as they had been on earth thinner spiritual i should see faces perhaps forms places all in a kind of delicate light what really happened was a complete surprise mr bosanquet paused and in a meditative kind of way winked several times at the fire he showed no emotion he seemed to me merely to be recalling the best phrases to use well he said i have told this story before and each time before telling it i have thought that i had got the point and could really describe what happened and each time i have been disappointed of course it must be so there are simply no words or illustrations i must do the best i can well this process went on and after a while i perceived plainly that my senses were fading i believe i opened my eyes so i was told afterwards opened them wide but at any rate i saw nothing this time except blurred lines and colours rather like the reverse side of a carpet they were rather bewildering but they soon went leaving nothing but a streaked greyness that darkened rapidly i could no longer move my hands or in fact recall to myself by feeling any material thing at all i seemed to have lost relations with my body neither could i move my lips or tongue taste had gone i don't think i had ever understood before how taste depends on the will and on the movement of the tongue much more so than any of the other senses which are more or less passive and then quite suddenly i perceived that hearing had ceased also there had been no drumming in my ears as i had half expected i think there had been at some time previously a clear singing of one high note which had rather bothered me and i supposed that it was then that hearing had gone but i did not notice it till i thought about it and then there was one more thing more strange than all i began to perceive that my will was not myself most of us are accustomed to think that it is it is so closely united with that which is the very self that we usually identify them 
sometimes we are even more foolish and identify our emotion with ourselves and think that our moods are our character the fact is of course that the intellect is the most superficial of our faculties there are simply scores of things that we cannot understand in the least but of which for all that we are as certain as of our own existence next to that comes the emotion it is certainly nearer to us than intellect though not much and thirdly comes the will now the will is quite close to us it is that through which we consciously act after having heard the reasons for or against action suggested by the other faculties but the will is after all a faculty of itself not self itself i began to see this from the way it was laboring like an exhausted engine it still throbbed and moved it turned this way and that directing the all but dead faculties outside to move in this or that direction to think and to perceive but i began to see clearly now that the real self was something altogether apart existing simply in another mode there that is the point in another mode now in this matter i feel hopeless i simply cannot express what i knew and know to be the central fact of our existence i can say no more than that self that which lies far behind everything else exists in as different a mode from all else as as the inner meaning of a phrase of music is apart from the existence of a dog walking up the street there is simply no common term which can be applied to them both well i perceived my will to be laboring very slowly and clumsily and i perceived that it would not be able to move much longer you must understand that this uh, perceiving as i call it was not the act of my intellect it was simply a deep intuitive knowledge dwelling in that which i call self then i suddenly became aware that it was important for my will to fall in the right direction i understand that this would make well the whole difference to me i knew that this would be my last conscious act you ask me how i knew what was the right direction well i must go slowly here he paused for a moment then he went on very slowly picking his words i began i think i may say to be clearly and vividly conscious of two centers there was self and there was another this other was at present completely hidden from me i was only aware of it as one may be aware of the presence of a huge personality behind an impenetrable curtain but i perceived that this other was the only important thing well my will was reeling there was no discomfort no fear or pain or anxiety and i whatever that is watched it as a man may watch a top in its last swift twistings on its side i had still some control over it i knew that it was my will it still was linked to me in a way then i put out my energy remember there was no conscious perception of anything nothing but a perfectly unreflective instinct and tried to wrench that rolling thing round to a position of rest ah how shall i put it a, a position of rest pointing towards this other centre and as i made that effort i lost touch with it i have no idea whether i succeeded 
and at the same instant if i may call it so something happened mr bosanquet leaned back and sighed every word is wrong he said you understand that do you not i nodded two or three times i kept my eyes on his face he glanced round at the other two then he went on shifting his attitude a little well this something i suppose i could give half a dozen illustrations but none of them would be adequate let me give you two or three when a man falls in love suddenly his whole centre changes up to that point he has probably referred everything to himself considered things from his own point when he falls in love the whole thing is shifted he becomes a part of the circumference perhaps even the whole circumference someone else becomes the centre for example things he hears and sees are referred in future instantly to this other person he ceases to be acquisitive his entire life if it is really love is pulled sideways he does not desire to get but to give that is why it is the noblest thing in the world secondly imagine that you had lived all your life in a certain house and had got to know every detail of it perfectly you had walked about in the garden too and looked through the railings and thought you knew pretty fairly what the country was like then one morning after you had got up and dressed you went to your bedroom door opened it and went out and that very instant found yourself not in the passage but on the top of a high mountain with a strange country visible for miles all around and no house or human being near you thirdly and this perhaps is the best illustration after all imagine that you were looking at a picture and had become absorbed in it and then without any warning at all the picture suddenly became a chord of music which you heard and which you recognized to be identical with the picture not merely analogous to it but the actual picture translated transubstantiated and transaccidentated into sound now those are the three illustrations i generally use in telling this story there are others but i think these are the best well it was like that but you must please to remember that these are only like charcoal sketches of something which is colour rather than shape but briefly these are the nearest similitudes i can think of first although i remained the same i became aware that i simply was not the centre of what i experienced it was not i who primarily existed at all there was uh, something i call it something because the word person simply bears no resemblance to the personality of this other existence at least no more than a resemblance because this other personality was as different from and as far above our own as the personality of a philosopher is different from the corresponding thing in a pebble i became aware at least this was what i told myself afterwards i became aware of real existence for the first time in my experience i myself then became merely a speck and a circumference yet and this is why i spoke of love i also became aware that while i had not lost my individuality yet this other being was the only thing that mattered at all and further well i may as well say it outright that in the very depth of this existence was human nature yes human nature 
i knew it instantly i never before had had the faintest idea of what the incarnation really meant secondly the whole of everything was different as startlingly different as the change of my second illustration i had expected to find a kind of continuation there was in one sense no continuation at all nothing in the least like what experience had led me to expect it was completely abrupt thirdly in another sense what i found was not only the consequence of what had preceded it was not simply the result but it was identical with what had preceded it was the picture becoming sound the essence of my previous life was here in other terms it simply was the whole thing was complete you may call this judgment well that will do but it was a judgment in which there was no question of concurrence or protest it was inevitably true let me take even one more illustration once i went with my brother into a glass house in autumn he smelt a certain flower and then rather excitedly asked me to smell it i shut my eyes and smelt it practically instantly the whole thing became sound and sight i saw the terrace at home in summer and heard the bees i looked up well he said the terrace in summer i said exactly well it was like that there was no question about it now i have taken some time to tell this but i must make it clear that there was absolutely no time in the experience no sense of progression it was not merely that i was absorbed but that time had no existence this is how i know it simultaneously with all this i heard one noise and immediately time began i began to consider presently i heard another noise then another like a great drum being beaten then the noises went and there was absolute silence of which i was aware and others came in in a rustling a footstep the sound of words i was entirely absorbed in these i heard the sound of water a door opening the ticking of a clock i was conscious of no consideration about these things and no sensation of any kind it was as if my brain had become one ear which heard this went on well i may say it was ten seconds or ten years time meant nothing to me i only know even now that it existed because one thing followed another i did not reflect at all at last after this had gone on it was as if a new note had struck another sense began to move the sense of sight i first became aware of darkness then came a glimmer with a sensation of flickering then touch i became aware of a constraint somewhere in the universe it was a long time before i knew that i myself was feeling it i did not perceive sensation i was it well these waxed and waxed then my will stirred and i became aware that i could choose that i could acquiesce or resent then emotion and i found myself disliking certain sensations then i began to wonder and question again and asked myself why and what mr bosanquet broke off abruptly well i needn't go on 
to put it in a word i was coming back to ordinary life half an hour after the doctor had said that i was dead and about three minutes after the nurse had finished with me just as she was looking at me in fact before going out of the room i made a sound with my lips the rest happened as you would expect there was nothing interesting in that but this is the point i want to make clear those noises i heard like a drum followed by the silence were without doubt the sounds my own body made in dying it was at that point that i died and the next sounds that i began to hear were the noise the nurse made in washing me and laying me out there is no question about that i asked about all the details minutely but the thing that seemed to me so strange at first was the fact that i had died before that as we say that complete change of the mode of existence undoubtedly marked death and the particular instant of death must have been that at which i became aware of the change and of the severance of my will from myself but i understood it presently the explanation i think must be this there is always a certain space of time between an incident happening and our perception of it infinitesimally small if we are observing it but yet it is there well when i made that final effort of will i died but dying had begun before that i had only regarded dying from the purely internal side it took in my soul the form of severance from my will at that same instant since we must speak in terms of time i was in the spiritual mode of existence where there is simply no time but which includes all time and all one's previous experience and in practically the same instant i was back again and experiencing the physical phenomena of dying the drum note was either my throat or heart i suppose the silence that followed was the body's perception of death worked out in terms of time we may say then this impossible as it sounds that death had taken place at a given moment in time that that inner real self behind the will which i have spoken of simultaneously experienced severance from the body and was immediately in our own mode of existence which although reckoned as time was an instant was in fact simply eternity with its inevitable consequences but after eternity had been experienced since i suppose again i must say after it ceased to be experienced and all this was enacted in time then mr bosanquet sat up smiling suddenly it is useless i am boring you i roused myself to answer with an energy i had not expected no, no please uh well in one sentence then i died he leaned back with an air of finality but but one question i protested you spoke of judgment was the result happiness or unhappiness he shook his head smiling end of story nine